This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, Brandon Alexander helps us understand conversations with men and everything that's going on around men and how we're getting good at it, how to change a man's life and impact others. In fact, that's what we wish for you for the weekend this weekend is to be able to just connect with someone in your life man to man and have a real conversation that you've never had before. Why not? What a great way to spend Father's Day. Steve Stebbing has a list of some of the best movies to watch this weekend. Pixar's latest, Luca. Luca does not live on the second floor. Plus, look at a documentary, The Sparks, which he called a masterpiece, by the way, especially if you're a music fan. And are you okay with water parks? All of this and more is available for you on the Shift Daily Podcast. Are you okay? Are you okay with water parks? In some circumstances, I would argue a water park is even better than a theme park, like a roller coaster Ooh. park. Oh, yeah. really? I love That's a big water statement. Parks. Okay. Yeah. Can I tell you one of my worst nightmares recurring that I've ever had? Please, oh, please God. do. Sure. Yes. Please tell okay. us. I don't know where I was one day. I was a kid and I was at it like it was slide park and someone who worked there said, you know how you go really fast on a water slide? They said, don't slide on your butt. I have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) That was a really good timing for that. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the tip I was given was uh, don't slide on your butt and lift your butt up only put weight on your heels and on your shoulder blades and you'll go really, really fast. Yeah. It's crazy fast how fast you go. Now, if you're in an old slide where the seams are big, it kind of hurts, right? But if you're on a good smooth slide, like it is ridiculously fast how fast you go. Out of control fast. My nightmare is I get to a corner and I go up high and I go off the slide. Yeah, no, I was always worried about that too, actually, as a kid, about like just being launched off the slide. Like recurring nightmare, man. Interesting. Yeah, I've gone down a whole bunch of water slides, but I've never been launched out of one. Uh, But I do that technique, and I would say it's worth it for the million times you go over a bump and you fill it in your shoulder blades. It is worth it. Yeah, it's absolutely worth it. But still, I mean... Recurring nightmare. If I have this dream tonight, I'm waking both of you up in the morning. Don't wake me up in the morning. That's the middle (laughs) of my night. That's just not fair. (laughs) A giant water slide at a New Jersey water park lived up to its name on Tuesday. It burst into flames and burned to the ground. And now this is not exaggerating when we say it truly lived up to its name. Here's more from ABC7. A giant water slide goes up in flames at a water park in New Jersey today. A spokesman for Mountain Creek Water Park in Vernon says the fire broke out on the slide called High Anxiety. Thankfully, when the park was closed, no one got hurt. That was good. That's the good news. Firefighters and police responding within minutes and put out the fire. That water slide, which features a 45-degree drop, is now out of commission. But we're told the park's season opening, scheduled for this Saturday, will go ahead as planned, they are, of course, hoping the weather. Hoping the weather. That was it? Well, yeah, I mean, that's it. That's how the clip ended, wow. like verbatim, which I just thought was funny, so I left it like that. Uh, but also, they were hoping the weather. Well, the weather's going to do something. For high anxiety. 
Well, can you imagine getting there? You go to the water park and the thing called high anxiety is there and now it's burned to the ground and they're like, come get on the inferno. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get the anxiety on that one. <sighs> so that slide had been around for about 13 years. Here's part of a quote from a spokesperson for the water park. While we are certainly disappointed that we don't have high anxiety available for the foreseeable future, we know that our resilient team is ready to welcome guests back this weekend. We don't have high anxiety at this time. It's a bizarre quote. Yeah. Um, it just reminds me of those videos on TikTok, but they usually see dogs running around the yard, so they're like, it, just, it drops the F word. So it's like, fast as F, boy. I'm fast as F. And those videos, that's, you know, that to me is a good water park video. Yes. <sighs> My nightmares. Okay. This is the story about AstraZeneca. Are you ready? The one we told you about, we were talking about this. And this is the story that concerns me about AstraZeneca. Are you okay? Are you okay with Broadway? Never been. Yeah. No, I've never been either, nope, actually. No, me neither. No, I'd love to go. I just like musicals a lot. I, I love the idea of Broadway. Wow, is that ever cool? Um, Broadway is preparing to resume live shows, theater productions, all those things. Some vaccine recipients will be welcomed and others will be turned away. In fact, Canadians who got AstraZeneca won't be able to watch The Boss on Broadway. Oh, boy. Here's more from Global Global's Sean O'Sea. I think it's Damn horrible. It. It's a case of some vaccinations are preferred over others, and if you have one that's not on the right list, you might not get through a front door. You no, know, this is what vaccine passports do. They divide people for no good reason. Um, but I'm almost grateful for this story because it's triggering a very, very important debate. When theaters reopen in New York this month, producers of the new show called Springsteen on Broadway say only those vaccinated with FDA-approved vaccines are welcome to attend. That means those who got Moderna, Pfizer-BioNTech, and Johnson & Johnson. As the policy stands now, anyone who got AstraZeneca can't come. I, I think it's happened without much thought. AstraZeneca considered by some to be less effective compared to the others. And the AstraZeneca is, is, has been used by tens of millions of people, including the Prime Minister of Canada. And on Broadway, international travelers make up the bulk of those who pay to see a show. And we know that 70% of the people that go to the theater in New York on Broadway are, are visitors. Mervish Productions intends to leave health-related decisions about who is welcome up to authorities. Okay, so here's the thing. AstraZeneca in Canada was approved to be a vaccine, dumpster fire and all. AstraZeneca, as far as I understand it, has still not been approved for use in the United States. What does that mean? What does that mean? If you're going to travel and you say, here's my vaccine record, and in America, okay, so you go to the UK, AstraZeneca, yep, come on in. You got the AZ. You go to um, America, and they're like, whoa, 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 sorry, AstraZeneca doesn't count as being vaccinated here. That's the thing. So in Canada, they're now saying get uh, mRNA, Pfizer, or Moderna as your second shot. But can you imagine 
that if that becomes what's next, what they're alluding at is that if you want to see Bruce Springsteen, you will not get in if your vaccination is AstraZeneca. If you are from another country and you have AstraZeneca because it's not approved in the United States. I like the part of the story where the, the, the guest there says, by the way, uh, this brings to light. It's a, it's a good problem because it brings to light that everyone should be allowed. Um, but at the same time, if you've gone into other countries, if you're coming into another country and your vaccinations are up to date with stuff that they don't approve, even if, even if you're bringing your dog in and you had to have your dog have the shots, but you gave your dog shots that don't count there, they're not going to let your dog in or they're going to put your dog into quarantine. They, it happens all the time with pets, right? Hmm. I don't know. If, if there was a, uh, sorry, go ahead, Ray. I was just going to say it doesn't really make much sense because think about when we reopen fully internationally, there are millions of people with the Sinovac and other Chinese, Russian, uh, there's even a vaccine being developed in Cuba. Like there are so many international vaccines that are nowhere near Canada. And it just doesn't really make sense, especially if your population is mostly vaccinated. It, that shouldn't really be a concern. And I, I don't know. I feel like they're going to change their mind on that because that just seems really stupid to me. And what about like the majority of the people from the UK when they start traveling to the US? They just can't go to Broadway shows? Is that yeah. I guess so. But at the same time, do you want some, you know, half-assed hack vaccine that's been widely distributed in somewhere else in the world and have a whole bunch of people from that country come here to Canada? When it was never if approved in Canada, I'm not. A, I don't mind if I'm vaccinated, hmm. right? If, point. if most of the population is protected and they have at least fifty percent protection, or up to sixty or seventy, whatever it is, with uh, AstraZeneca double dosing, yeah. I mean, well, it's the a good statistics point. Statistics and math point. say that we should be okay. Yeah, you know, you raise a good point. Uh, it's interesting, but this is exactly the debate that we're going to see. Uh, what comes next? That's for sure. Are you okay? That's an important one for us to know, is that AstraZeneca story. Are you okay with lowering lowering your standards? I would like to remind you that this is the shift. I mean, we are the absolute baseline for lowering standards. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we take pride in that. And that is the shift guarantee. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to lower your standards and you can find something beautiful by doing that. Like when you only eat one... Italian at one Italian restaurant and then you find one that's cheaper and find out that their spaghetti meatballs is only like maybe 5% worse than the more expensive one. This happened to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was very like real life lowering your standards. I was pretty much like at the point where I was thinking, well, Hey, I'm up at night and these guys are on the radio and the radio's all the way over there. I don't want to really get up. I mean, it's tolerable, this show. I mean, it's not fantastic. But, I mean, hey, it'll do. That's what I was thinking for lowering your standards, you know? I mean, it's a long way over there to the radio to turn the knob. So, yeah. Well, you might uh, have to lower your standards if you want to buy a home in Colorado right now. The housing market is crazy hot, just like it is in Canada. In fact, some people are willing to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a house that is infested with... Insert whatever you like. Damage, graffiti, feces, and more gross things. It's called the house from hell. 
And here's more from Denver's 7 News. This house in a quiet cul-de-sac in Colorado Springs is in a good location. It's got the views, and it could be called a fixer-upper. Welcome to 4525 Churchill Court. But Mimi Foster, the real estate agent, calls it something else. I've been using um, the house from hell. <laughs> I've been calling it Mimi's Little House of Horrors. The home was vandalized by a former tenant who was evicted more than a year ago. And what she wrote in here is, now you won't be able to rent this again. Ha ha. There is not a surface in this home that doesn't need fixing. We have an expression, if it smells, it won't sell. And obviously, I am putting that to the test. And whatever you do. Nobody has any idea what's actually in there. Don't open the fridge in the basement. Oh! Oh! Did you get that? <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever smelled anything like that before. Wow. That's nice. Gross. Gives you a good idea about how bad this house is, though. And people in Colorado are willing to spend $600,000 for it. That realtor says she's received 16 written cash offers in the first 24 hours of the house being on the market. This formerly majestic five-bedroom, four-bath, three-car garage home was once the seller's pride and joy. Now it's every landlord's nightmare. Her listing holds nothing back. I wanted them to know that they were getting a damaged house with a lot of potential. Even still, with all of its flaws, the home has been viewed more than 130,000 times on Zillow since it was posted on Tuesday. And the listing agent has already received 16 written offers. Wow. I guess if you're spending that kind of money, you're probably not going to be the one who's going to be renovating it, so... Yeah, I think she said, so yeah, I, when when I was doing the digging, it was going to cost at least $150,000 to refurbish all the damage. And if you look at pictures of this house online, every surface is covered in something. Hmm. Do you something. know the number one rule of buying a house, though? Don't buy a house that is infested with poop and graffiti. Mm, close. Close. The number okay. one rule to remember in the in the the economics of buying a house, the one part that can never do you wrong, you can never renovate location. It's got a great location. It's got a great view. You got it. This is the Shift Podcast. Well, coming up this weekend, it's officially Father's Day. It's a day that I hold dear to my heart, partly because of my dad and because I am a dad and. And that's a good thing for me. Father's Day is different for everybody, right? One of the coolest things I think for me about Father's Day that I've learned is just the way that men, the way that men respect men on Father's Day. It's a strange, strange, strange day in that, you know, you get moms wish moms happy Mother's Day, all that stuff. But when a dad wishes another dad a happy Father's Day or a man wishes a dad a happy Father's Day, it's just kind of like this nod. Right. And that's it. And this is like this nod and this understanding, like we're all in this together. It's pretty cool stuff. I wanted to invite a friend. I call him a dear friend. And not only that, um, you know, what he stands for inside this conversation of how men can talk to men and how men can treat others is Brandon Alexander. 
Brandon is uh, with the social profile New Age Gents. He has a podcast and video podcast with The Refinery, which is a bunch of dudes talking to dudes. And he joins us now. How are you? You're good? I am amazing. I think every time this happens, the plane flies over, but maybe you can't even hear it. Maybe you can't even pick it up, but... I, I'm literally I'm 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 bursting at the seams right now because you what you just said may be one of the truest things about Father's Day I've ever heard someone say. It's like a nod. It's like a oh happy Father's Day. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. I I thank you. Pre- appreciate you. <laughs> like, there's no celebration, there's no crying, there's no like you're a mom. You're a mother. It's like, yeah, you're a dad. This is kind of like what you're supposed to be doing, right? Like, that's uh, good for you. Good on you. Good on yeah. you. But I love that you're, we're having this conversation because I, I'm sure we'll dive into the uh, the beauty and the depth of what this actually, the celebration of it can be and is. Well, you know, to, to the point on your profile with New Age Gents is you share you know, building, building the modern day gentleman and being a gentleman is such an incredibly important thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, men are the, the ways of the, the man of the don't cry and all that stuff. Yeah. We've all heard that storyline and men are starting to figure it out slowly. We say we're starting to figure it out. I'm not quite sure we actually act like it all the time, but there is this new, uh, this new acceptance of you're doing all right. Mm. And you're doing all right is, uh, is one hell of a it's one of a hell of a big step forward uh in and around that stuff so what are you seeing right now and how men are supporting men because i think as we go into father's day i wanted to imagine a father's day where yes you know ugly ties and all the things that come with father's day but what if we could have a father's day where men could just support men so where are we at with that what do you think what do I think? Okay, so what's interesting, right, is our off-air relationship, I think, is a prime example um, of what I'm seeing for men and how men are supporting men and showing up for men. It's gone from the, hey, let's just go to a sports bar or let's just do this outing. Let's just celebrate and do be a rah-rah around this. And now it's more day-to-day. Now it's more checking in on someone now it's more someone giving a moment to say hey i'm not all right and then allow and 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 creating space for someone to come in and and be there for them and to show up for them especially in their friends and their friendships but the more beautiful thing that i've seen is how men are showing up and this is my circle and, and from my experience so i can't speak for everyone but from what i've observed is the fathers of today are getting such a support from their tribe of men whether the guys have kids or not saying, hey, man, you got this. Hey, do you need anything? Hey, can I babysit for you? Hey, do you and your wife need to have a night out? Um, hey, bring your daughter to this, you know, bring your son to this so that you don't have to get a babysitter. So I'm seeing that. And that is what is inspiring me. Not to mention, uh, as you can see, I'm really fired up about this because not to mention the platforms that I've seen that have been um, have come to the forefront. You know, you have uh, dad gang. Um, who now I think it has over 70,000 followers. I think it's more than that, but he's been featured on Oprah. He's been on Good Morning America. He does these marches with uh, 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 stroll, str- swag and stroll or something like that, where he gets all these dads together in their strollers and they go for like a two mile or three mile, whatever, walk together. Um, you have other platforms that are doing the same thing. Kevin Hart has a movie coming out called Fatherhood. So I think there's something really magical and beautiful happening in the recognition and celebration of men and fatherhood and what that means to us and what it means to society at large. 
you have a, a quote that has always stuck with me on the Instagram. It says this, it says, fatherhood can be an innate thing, whether you have children or not. And I like it in particular because of the fact that there is that sort of support. And I don't know, maybe it's, maybe you come from the place where you're, you know, this expectation that we are all supposed to be a certain way. And yet somehow in your DNA, you kind of got, you know, I don't think men talk about this enough. You kind of got this thing where you are wired a certain way. There are things about being a man or being a woman or whatever, um, uh, you know, or even just identifying that way that you are wired a certain way, right? Like I am wired to be a protector. I cannot walk down the street, whether I'm with you or whether I'm with Melanie or whether I'm with my kids and not step in between you and somebody else who I think could be a threat. Mm. And it happened um, just uh, just last week where Melanie and I were walking down the street and there was there was a guy coming the other way and it, I'm going to draw some assumptions here. It looked somewhat like a homeless person. Sure. Um, but was a person who was clearly like out of it. Like they were, they were on another planet at the moment. And I stepped in between because we were walking down the sidewalk between her and him. Then there was another guy walking along who kind of looked the same. But then I realized he was just stumbling because he was trying to find his keys in his pockets. He was like, he was like looking down, he was holding on stuff and he's trying yeah, to find yeah. his keys in his pockets. And I realized, oh, oh yeah, he's just actually lost his keys. He's not like someone that I should be concerned about. And so th- there's this piece of you that's wired all into us deeply, but yet there's an expectation that we're supposed to be a certain way. And um, h- how is it that we support or could support each other better. No, I'm going to change that. How is it that we're doing that better than ever today than we ever have been? Amen. Thank you for switching that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, I think it's, we've gotten to, uh, people are fed up with the shit. People are fed up with the shit. People are fed up with the things that the men of old didn't. Now I have to, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a double-sided thing, right? So there are things that a lot of the men um, of old um they couldn't deal with because they were coming back from the war or whatever the case may be. So they had, they didn't have the resources to deal with that. That's one thing in itself. But then you had men who were just stubborn and prideful and didn't want to ask for help because I'm a man. They didn't want to say that I'm not doing okay because I'm a man. Now, is it their fault or is it how they were taught? You know, that conversation can go either way. But I, but I think enough people said, and enough people who were holding on to the shit said, I've had enough of this. I have to say to someone, I can't do this. I have to say to someone, I'm not okay. I have to say to someone, I can't make the bills this month. I have to say to someone, I've been going to work for the last two months, but I've, I've been fired for six months. And this guy is secretly going out and searching for a job because he, he can't deal with the fact that he's a failure. I think enough people got fed up with this idea of what they're supposed to be and what they should be and have created a space uh, where we can meet the man, not what not what he thinks the man we think he should be, not the not the 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 representative. But now we get to meet the man. I get to meet Shane, not the host, not the personality, not the great friend. I get to meet Shane, the man. When you say I'm tired of my own shit, here I am. I'm tired of what society's told me to be. I am my own man. I think that's how we're able to do it because you cannot come into a room you're not invited into. Hmm. Do we meet that man in the ugly moments? 
do we meet that man in the ugly moments? I think uh, maybe give me a little more here. Give me give me another another rail in the ladder. Well, quite often during failures, when we see our best or worst true selves come through and uh, success is easy to celebrate, right? Yes. So in the ugly moments and when I, that's why I say ugly, cause I don't want to apply, you know, failure or uh, overstepping boundaries or whatever, but in the ugly moments where someone is confronted with something, um, is that where we truly meet who that, that true man is, as you describe? No, I, I don't think so. And I think that's an interesting way to put it. No. I think you meet him. I think you meet him in the, of the in-between. I think you meet him in the in-between. You don't, you're not meeting him in the ugly and you're not meeting him at the success. You're meeting him in the in-between. All right. So I hear is I, I hear is the, uh, it's all the little things. That's when you meet the real man. When he's in the grocery store. When he is first waking up in the morning and walking out into the house or when he is, you know, like you're catching the day to day, everyday, mundane, little thing, the integral parts of him. That's when you meet the man. Because I think I think because of our because of our experience emotionally on this earth and what we've what we have, I don't even think you're meeting the true me. Um when I'm, when I'm in an ugly space and I don't think you meet the real me when I've, I've had, I've just booked three commercials. You meeting a very heightened, uh, 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 hypersensitive to everything version of me. But what happens mm-hmm. when you turn off all the sensors and everything's not fireworks and everything's not dark clouds? I think that's where you get to see who the man is. That's cool. I like that. I like that, that it's the, the small things that... Um that we find ourselves in. So let me ask you this. And okay, so when we look at our own lives and the reason why I'm asking you this, I'm just going to call it out there because I, I just don't think men or friends talk to their friends about this stuff. And um, what's one thing in your life, dad or dad role person, you know, apply father to father figure, whatever is appropriate for you. Sure. Um, what's one thing that is the biggest gift you were given from that father figure person. And what's one thing, because I also think we have to acknowledge what tools are missing. If you, like you said, you said, I can't do this. Yeah. We also have to acknowledge what tools are missing. So what's one thing that you, you've been given a gift from that father, father figure. And what's one thing that you found is that you found is missing that you've needed to really work at. Um, I think what I'll, I'll use my, my own, my, my biological father, I think because of how, how, how timely this all is. Um, my father has given me the gift of music. It's something we share. And when I say the gift of music is jazz, it's my passion for jazz music and his deep history and knowledge of the music that I, I, I didn't know that I loved. And, I, and I'll give you a little backstory here, not, not to go too crazy. My dad and I did not grow up in the same household. Okay. There's your, there's your backdrop. There's your backstory. You can call it the typical black experience in America, whatever you will. Um, we did not grow up in the same household. And when I got to Texas, when I was uh, about in the seventh grade, I was walking around my neighborhood one day and someone had a garage open. And in this garage, I had never seen a vinyl, uh, like a record player. And, uh, and this, this uh, older gentleman 
his granddaughter were, uh, and who seems to be his granddaughter. She, he was, he had to be about 60, uh, something that she had to be about eight or nine. And, uh, he had Frank Sinatra playing and never forget this. And as I'm walking, I stopped. And in Texas, everyone has their garages open. If you're home, your garage is open. It's kind of like the open door policy kind of thing. You know, if you want it, come get it. Um, but no one ever, you know, no one ever goes that route. But in that moment I was pulled to jazz. Now I had no, no recollection. I was not privy to the fact that my father was a massive jazz fan because I didn't know the, I didn't know the person. I didn't know the man as we're talking about. I didn't know the man. I hadn't met the man. He had just been my father through the conversations and context in which my mom was telling me, Hey, this is who your dad is. This is who you get your last name from. He's the one sitting in child support. He's the one calling on Christmas. This is your father. But I had no clue who the man was. Now, fast forward 20 something years. We've come a long way. This is about two weeks ago. And uh, I, I called my dad calls me randomly. I'm sitting in this very chair and he's, and I, he said, what's going on, man? I said, what's going on? He said, Hey man, listen. So uh, I just called this check on you. And I said, you just, you just checking. Yeah, man, you know, I was just sitting here at work, you know, just uh, we'll see what you're up to. I said, okay, well, listen, I got a question for you. I've been, I've been curious. What are your favorite jazz albums of all time? Oh man, come on. You can't do that to me. You can't do that to me, man. I said, well, I know you love jazz. I know you love Coltrane and you love Davis and you love Dizzy. You love all these guys, right? Well, you know, you got to go back, man. You got to go back to Love Supreme. And he starts talking to me about Love Supreme and John Coltrane's music being gospel and like gospel for the soul. So then we start talking about Aretha Franklin. And mind you, this is me at 32. But from that time in that garage, I have been doing my own research and I've been drawn to and pulled to and have fallen in love with this very genre we call jazz to where it's, if you know me, you know that I have a record player now and that I have Frank Sinatra and Nat King Cole and, and Louis Armstrong and all these things. And these are not things that he passed down to me because he said, Hey son, I'm into jazz. So we get into this conversation about uh, Aretha Franklin. And I don't know if you know the song, Shane, cause I know you're a big mu- music buff and we even have a, we share a Spotify playlist and everything. Mm-hmm. He says, have you heard the song Holy, Holy by Aretha Franklin? Hmm. And it's a cover of an of a, of a, of a older song. And I said, no. He said, well, I think you should listen to it. I said, I'll go right now. I went, I put on the music, I put my phone on this little stand. And as the song started playing and Aretha was singing and I could, I, I could feel something happening between me and my father in that moment that in all of my life, in all 32 years of my life, we have never had that, that father-son moment, and this was it. And somehow, some way, God conspired for me to walk by that garage that one day so that when I was 32, I could have this moment with my dad and ask him, what is your favorite jazz album of all time? You as a man, you as my father, you as the person who, who has played 50% a part in creating me. I want to know about you. I want to know about what makes you laugh and what makes you cry and what excites you and what, what, what songs make you feel something. That was the biggest gift. That's the greatest gift that my father and I, we share. And as a man, I feel more, I feel closer to myself because of the music that I love. The one thing that I'm working on and the one thing that I, that I, I find is I, I sometimes in certain moments of conflict or disagreement, I tighten up. 
I get tight because I, I know that if, if I open my mouth, it's going to be snappy and it's going to be sharp. It'll, it won't be a lot, but it'll be very direct. It'll be very sharp. And I tighten up so that that, that doesn't come off the leash. And that's something I think in communication that I had a moment actually yesterday where uh, a friend of mine and I were disagreeing on how something was handled. And I felt myself get tight and almost turn my body away. And then I was like, release and relax. We're just seeing this differently. Release and relax. This is love. You're in love. You are love. She's not going to hurt you. You're not going to hurt them. This is love. Release and relax. And from that moment, I reached over. I put my hand out. She held my hand. And it was a, a hurdle for me. But that took time. So that's one of the things I think in fathering is teaching someone how to handle conflict. The cool part is, is what I hear is um, two things. And you know, know me well enough to know that this is what I do know. Is uh, you, you've become aware of the drop the rope part, right? Which I think is the way that we all used to mm. behave, right? Yeah. Um, it's not a tug of war. And if you want to win the tug of war, I mean, sure, that's great. If you pull the tug, if you pull the rope and then it's always someone else going to show up and want to pull the rope harder, right? Like that's just the reality of life. But if you drop the rope and then do what's best for you, then, then you're going to be, you know, probably happier. And the other part is, is that you said that about your dad, you said that, um, you know, I, I asked him a question about the jazz and the kismet universe, faith, God, all of it however those paths cross about walking in front of that garage that day and you ask your dad about the jazz isn't it interesting how although i want to meet your dad just so i can hear him talk because if he sounds anything like your impression of your dad i just want to hear him say things um he he literally (laughs) hello hey uh no man hey shane listen though hey listen man uh yeah what what, what are you what are you you talking about man what are you what are you what are you because he gets high pitched at certain points and all that all that like bass is what are you what are you you talking about are you crazy man you crazy that's fun oh man listen it's it is fun but he said to you he said to you i'm just checking in on you Mm. and that's his way generationally of saying I want to learn more about you. I want to know what you're up to. Teach me all the things. And it's cool. And I think that it's such a great example of just listening, just listening to what's going on. And there you are, although differently, doing the exact same thing in the exact same moment. And look what gets created in that. And from that, um, that's what I want everyone to take away. And this conversation is going into the weekend this weekend. It, it takes a village. Look, it takes a village for all of us to be able to create this world, this life, these children, these babies. And you all know me well enough here to know that it's all about the babies, right? We're trying to create a better world for the babies and, yeah. and have a good time while we do it. And the cool part is, is if you could go into Father's Day, not necessarily thinking about this is my dad, I'm going to get him a bottle of rye and or buy him a tie or whatever. And instead, look at all the men around you and just check in and learn all the things. What if we could all apply just curiosity to Father's Day this weekend? And uh, that's where I would like to leave this for now. Brandon Alexander, New Age Gents. Uh, check it out. You can actually, if you just go to New Age Gents, you can link to all of his profiles. So many things that are that are there for you to follow. You can check the refinery on YouTube, which is fantastic, by the way. And uh, 
And again, more conversation just like this. So please do that. And thank you very much. I love you so much. And I really appreciate you taking some time and, and sharing your relationship with your dad with us. Well, listen, hey, man, before we even go, Shane, happy Father's Day. I think you're an incredible man. I think not only do you father your, your beautiful children um, who are both so talented, so amazing, who I've had the, 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 the goodness and the grace to meet both of them. Uh, very lucky to have you. And thank you to all the men that you fathered over the years, whether you knew it or not, through your radio, through your, your friendship, through what you share with them. Thank you for being who you are. And thank you for being the good we want to see in the world. Thank you for that. It's the Shift Podcast. Uh, well, Steve, here we are again. I feel yeah. like I just saw you yesterday. This is great. Right? Time flies. Right? Yeah. It's a rim shot from fellow Steve there. Right? That's pretty right? good. That's swell, for sure. Swell. Uh, we've also had some requests, Ryan, for your uh, corn hash recipe to be given out. Are you willing, prepared to do that? I am. Uh, I will be giving out the recipe in uh, in later in the show, and I will put the okay. exact recipe ingredients on my Twitter. I don't have the exact measurements, but the secret ingredient is what makes it special. So stay tuned. <laughs> I will share secret it. Secret ingredient. All right. Uh, that's not what we're here for, but there have been lots of questions come <laughs> for it right now. We are uh, going to dip into what the hell should we watch this weekend? SteveStebbing.ca. Uh, that's where you can find this whole list and check out what he's got going on. The Steve Dead on the Twitter as well. Uh, let's get started with Luca. We do not go anywhere near the surface. Got it? Everything good is above the surface. Walking. <gasps> the sky, clouds, the sun. Whoa, don't look at it. Just kidding. Definitely look at it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Tell us about Luca. Yeah, this is Pixar uh, following up Soul with a new film that is uh, a deeply beautiful story about friendship, about uh, two friends uh, that are also uh, underwater people. They're mermen. And when they come to the surface and dry off, they look like humans and they decide to that this is where they can kind of break from their underwater monotony and uh, follow their dreams of owning a Vespa. And uh, this is such a well done film. Pixar knocks it out of the park. It's emotionally well done. Uh, it's got Jacob Tremblay, Langley BC's own, and uh, Jack Dylan Grazer as the lead voices. And uh, the, the filmmakers on this one really pay homage to that Studio Ghibli, uh, Hayao Miyazaki style. Uh, even the town that they, they go to, the, the Italian port side city, is called Porto Rosso, which is a direct reference to a Studio Ghibli title. And I adore this movie. Um, I'm sad that the, that, that the people at Pixar are unhappy that it's going direct to the Disney Plus uh, streaming, uh, the premium access. But I just, everybody should watch this movie because it's that good. I loved it. It does uh, It does look really good. I mean, that's mm -hmm. uh, super curious. Uh, although it does take me back to a place that Ryan probably doesn't remember. My name is mm. Luca. <laughs> no, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> best part I live upstairs from you yes I think you 
Is that on the soundtrack? No, it's not. Oh. It's, it's, it's not. I, I'm sorry to bum you out on that one. Oh, Save the man. worst for last, right? Suzanne Vega, man. How do you not go Suzanne Vega in your Luca movie? It's just it's just not Italiano enough. I guess so. All right, Steve Stebbing. What the hell should we watch this weekend? Apparently, Luca is all right with a really crappy soundtrack. <laughs> Uh, this weekend, Bias. perfect timing. <laughs> Here's fatherhood. Go to sleep, Maddie. Maddie, go to sleep. Maddie, go to sleep. Go to sleep, Maddie. It's not working though. She's not a clapper. Matthew, darling, we think you should move back to Minnesota. You're all alone here. She needs family. Raising a child is a non-stop, all-day, all-night affair. I look. You look great. Don't say it just to be saying it. You look like a king. King of the slave. <laughs> All right. Um, Fatherhood looks really good. Tell us about it. Yeah, this is a really good movie. And I was surprised by by how much I enjoyed it because I think I set the bar a little lower just because um, Kevin Hart movies don't really do it for me unless The Rock is involved or it's Jumanji. Um, but this movie uh, has such a, a sweet heart to it, really. And uh, Hart is very subdued in this movie which i think is why it won me over quite a bit but it comes from uh, paul wheats who did uh, about a boy with hugh grant among other uh, good movies uh but this one's about uh, kevin hart who has to deal with being a single father after his wife passes away uh shortly after childbirth and um just the really endearing relationship with him and uh, the little girl uh in the film who is in the Amazon series Them, which is also a huge recommendation. Uh, But if you're thinking of skipping this over because you think it's just like another run-of-the-mill Kevin Hart movie, uh, I would give it a second glance because uh, it is definitely not and uh, has some really great writing in it. And Anthony Kerrigan's in it too, who I absolutely love. He's in Barry and uh, Bill and Ted save, uh, Bill and Ted face the music. So uh, definitely check it out because it's a lot of fun. Uh, just to be clear on the earlier line, is the rock in this one or is this no, just Kevin? Yeah. No, but he's my defining line for a good Kevin Hart movie. Yeah, absolutely. Their personal yeah. relationship is dynamite to watch. So uh, it looks yeah, pretty good. Sure. His depth uh, with the other movie that's out where he was the caretaker of the old man. I forget that one that one's called. Oh, uh, the upside. Yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, his depth that he's bringing beyond, you know, his stage comedy is very funny, but it, it can be mm-hmm. childish at times. Yeah. And. Yeah. He's really brought an awful lot of depth to the movies lately. It's kind of cool to see. Yeah, he's making a, that kind of switch transition in his career, which a lot of comedic actors do. Um, but he's commanding it quite well, I think. I think so, too. All right. Also, on What the Hell Should We Watch This Weekend with Steve Stebbing, the Sparks Brothers. Please welcome Sparks. Sparks. Frequently asked questions about Sparks. How many albums are there? 25 albums. Are you brothers? We are brothers. How did you first meet? We are brothers. <laughs> How did you first meet? <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I mean, it's Edgar Wright who uh, directed this documentary. It's his first documentary that he's done in his career. Of course, uh, Edgar's known for the Cornetto trilogy, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End, as well as Scott Pilgrim versus the World and Baby Driver. And we're anticipating his new film, uh, Last Night in Soho, which won't be out till October. So this ties us over. And it is, uh, Shane, I'm not, no word of lie, a freaking masterpiece. I've never, wow. I, I didn't know Sparks before this documentary. And I feel, 
feel like woefully like out of out of sync with the rest of the world that does know sparks and and, and had it kind of formulate their 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 music love and everything and and just the 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 deep um changes that they seamlessly go through through 25 albums of work spanning multiple decades is just phenomenal i mean there's an album they did with giorgio moroder in this in the mid 70s that is groundbreaking and uh, i mean ever since i watched the the documentary i've been listening to it and i'm like uh, my spotify this year is going to be a lot of sparks i think there was a um, there was a bunch of other artists that you had that were involved and around mm-hmm. this uh, that are somewhat popular. What were some of those? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's uh, the, the people that are interviewed in this one are just uh, it's just like the who's who uh, of music. I mean, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers is involved in this one. Uh, Simon Le Bon uh, from Duran Duran. Uh, but I mean, there are people that are directly tied to them. Like Todd Rundgren was the was their their first producer and kind of changed, helped them change their name uh, from their original title when they formed their band to uh, it was going to be the Sparks Brothers, and they didn't really like that, so they chopped off the beginning of the end and just became Sparks. And uh, I mean, the influence along the way. Once you once you you're listening to their music, you're like, oh, okay, that's I can hear where that's where the Killers came from. Oh, okay, I can hear that's where uh, Franz Ferdinand came from. And then Alex from Franz Ferdinand is a main person that they talk to in it as well. So it's like it's fascinating stuff, and you just see their influence, and uh, of course their um, groundbreaking stuff that they never got acknowledged for uh, until way later. Cool. What would it be on What the Hell Should We Watch This Weekend without a scary thing from Steve Stebbing? Here's Sensor. There's this actress. I've got this feeling that's Nina. My sister. You know, if someone did take her, then they're still out there. You've never been clear on exactly what you remember. You'd be surprised what the human brain can edit out when it can't handle the truth. Someone's losing the plot. All right, tell us about Censor. Yeah, this is like a subversive little uh, mind twister uh, out of Wales, uh, which has a woman uh, in the 80s when uh, the UK was going through what's called the video nasty controversy, when they were basically taking horror movies off the shelves, deeming them too violent for for a public consumption. And she basically plays a censor, somebody that's supposed to watch these movies and, and make the notes for the certain cuts to be taken out of them uh, and basically just destroy these movies but that's a whole nother story because deep within one of the movies she's watching she starts to see ties to her own life and the disappearance of her own sister uh, which starts to break the reality around her and make everything uh, more dreamlike and more that she's uh, living in kind of like a weird limbo of life and uh, this movie is so well done it was uh, dazzling people on uh, in film festivals last year which were unfortunately largely online but uh all the buzz for me was absolutely true because uh sensor is just like this weird warped feeling that uh you're gonna think about way after the credits roll i know ryan's excited about this one so maybe i should hand it off to ryan uh blu-ray dvd steve stebbing what the hell should we watch this weekend godzilla versus kong we need kong the world needs him to stop what's coming 
And this child, she's the only one he'll communicate with. I knew that they had a bond. She had nowhere to go, so I made a promise to protect her. And I think that in some way, Kong did the same. All right, Ryan, there you go. Well, Steve, I went and saw this in a movie theater last week. Oh, nice. That's, was, that's the way to see it. I mean, visually, every fight scene was a million times better. I will say, mm. though, the people annoyed me a little bit more <laughs> on the third time watching the movie than the first. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't get to levels of uh, King of the Monsters, the the previous film, which the human element is is like white white noise. It's so bad, you just want to drown it all out. Um, this one is not much better, um, but it, it, it makes you it makes you like think that these actors are better than this. I know I've seen them in other things; they're better than this. But just the script is not servicing them. Let's just get to the yeah. to the monkey and lizard fight. Let's just it's worth it for let's the just get to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean there's so much like still that I can't like, I, I will not get into just because of spoiler territory territory, but there's, there's a lot, which what they do in this movie that I have to give to Adam Wingard and, and the writers the like that they had the uh, cojones to go there with it. And I was super satisfied with a lot of it. How can there be a spoiler alert when there's a giant monkey and giant lizard fighting? Cause that's well, not the main villain. Yeah, you just got to wait and see, Shane. There is so yeah. much more going on behind the scenes of Monkey versus Lizard Part 3. And, and, and there's the whole notion of home that is also a spoiler as well, of like where these monsters come from. Sorry, we got to be quick on this one. Uh, let's get into <laughs> television and Crave Season 1 blind spotting. You are 32-year-old. Baby daddy in jail who almost got her pockets ran until I put you on my credits. Yeah, you real grown Ash. I miss him. Does he know where I am yet? We had an understanding. We would weather whatever storm came along. You don't get to doubt my loyalty. You can talk to me about whatever. And we moms get to keep our secrets, right? Right. Uh, we've got about 30 seconds here, Steve, for blind spotting. Uh, blind spotting is the continuation of one of the most important films of the last 20 years and i'm not it's not hyperbole it is massively important if you've never heard of blind spotting watch the movie first seek out the television show you will not be disappointed wow steve stepping.ca steve will dead on the twitter happy uh father's day weekend to you, oh, to, you we're celebrating here on the on the shift all of the uh celebration of all the men and the things they do to care for the people around them so uh have a fantastic weekend and i hope you get to enjoy it you too my friend thanks for listening to the shift podcast make sure you subscribe rate and review the show and share with anyone you like get it on apple podcast google podcast spotify and curiouscast.ca